Hello everyone, welcome to the Joking Dolphin Game Pod. I'm Mark and as always I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. And Nathan. Hey everyone. How the devil are you both? Not far back. Can he complain? Yeah. Excellent. Saying that, they had a heart attack about five minutes ago when we were playing co-op, but I'm sure we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a that was, scenes. We'll say scenes, limbs everywhere, but we'll get onto that. Okay, shall we kick off some news then? Where, where should we then. start? What should we start off with? Shall we kick off with Jim Ryan? Yeah, go on then. Yeah. Yeah, so President and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, Jim Ryan has announced his retirement after 30 years with the company. And he cited uh, difficulty maintaining a life balance between his home in the UK and his work in the US. Am I an idiot that I didn't know he was English? Really? Do you know what? No, you probably not. I, I would have thought he was American as that, well. That's, no, that's <laughs> one of the things that I always took as with some pride that it was English. Yeah, and you I guys didn't even I know. Just, I just didn't know it. So I also found out he's from a place just outside Newcastle. So well, he's he's lost that oh, accent, well. he, clearly. <laughs> Thirty years ago, <laughs> from the UK to America, strips that out of you. But yeah, that's that's quite a uh, commute, isn't it? So yeah, I can just, understand. Just the five thousand miles, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but he will continue until March next year. But then uh, Hiroki Totoki will then take over on an interim basis. And in his statement, he said, I feel humbled at having the opportunity to lead a company delivering products that touched millions of lives, from award-winning games to the incredibly immersive technical achievements delivered with PlayStation 5. I'm immensely proud of what we have achieved and very optimistic for the future of Sony Interactive Entertainment. From my beginning in Europe, it was clear that Sony had built something truly special. Generations later, I am still amazed by the excitement and passion of the PlayStation community. It is thanks to you that we have been able to keep innovating and delivering even greater experiences since 1994, generations of games have inspired us to be better, to push the boundaries, and the results have been incredible. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Now, the internet wasn't exactly favourable of the band, it seemed. Well, it's like a couple of bloopers. Uh, well, saying that, it's pretty much signed off by raising the prices for PlayStation Plus and then like, right, see you later. Y- yeah, it's a bit sketchy isn't it it's like i'll I'll just leave just to avoid the backlash when this when all these things start becoming implemented but um in fairness uh xbox ceo phil spencer he put out a tweet he said uh, jim ryan has been a great contributor to our industry and a fierce leader for playstation i wish him the best in what he does next thank you for all you've done for the community over the last 30 years jim it's nice of him yeah but i think that's important to remember it was there before the original playstation launch and he's been oh, yeah. through the last five no. generations. Yeah, so I've got... A, and he's done a lot for the industry. Yeah, I've got a, a timeline of his career. So he joined Sony Interactive Entertainment Europe in 1994. And then obviously he was there for the PlayStation 2 release in 2000, and then PlayStation 3 release in 2006. And then in 2011, he was named the president and CEO of Sony, Sony Interactive Entertainment Europe. Uh, 2013, PlayStation 4 released. And 2016, became the head of global sales and marketing of social social sony interactive entertainment in america and then 2018 appointed deputy president of sony interactive entertainment and then in 2019 he was named president and ceo of sony interactive entertainment so he's not had a bad career he's not been president for that long though is he no no he's only been there for about four years is my mass right yeah 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 but uh the exclusive games that were released under his leadership are as follows 
The Last of Us Part 1, so the remake thing. Uh, Last of Us Part 2. Uh, Demon's Souls remake. Ghost of Tsushima. Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, God of War Ragnarok. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And Horizon Forbidden West. It's not a bad list. I know. It's, with. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fairly decent, to be fair, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, worse things could have happened. Certainly. But no, it's, do, what do you think about this for the future of PlayStation? Then? I mean, I know a lot of people were sort of cheering him leaving because I think PlayStation might take it. Apparently he was like a lot in favour of um, like games as a service and that kind of thing. But it's a case of, do we really think it's going to change regardless of who comes in? I doubt it because as far as I knew, they had that roadmap leading up to yeah. 2028 and exactly. beyond. So I think yeah. whoever's in charge is just there to steer that ship. And they don't really have, obviously they have a say in what happens, but I think obviously he's got a board of directors to answer to. Mm. And they've got their own ideas about how the company should run. I think that's always going to take precedence. Yeah. I think they would have had long-term goals before you even came in charge, actually. If you came in charge in 2019, I'm sure there might have been plans ahead anyway. Before that. Yeah, possibly. Because that's only the year before PlayStation 5 released. I'm sure a lot of those things were already in place. So I'm not quite sure whether people are going to get the, the change they hope. But I guess we'll have to see, won't we? Yeah. Let's see um, who becomes permanently in charge. Yeah. Do you know what would be absolutely insane? Phil Spencer jumped ship. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. What? It completes the acquisition and then that's it. It's like, right, I'm off. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Monday Night Wars all over again. <laughs> well, shall we stick with Sony? Because um, they had a little, well, I say little, quite a data breach. Well, so yeah. um, the company contacted about 6,800 of their current and former staff to inform them of the data breach, resulting in their personal information being exposed. And they said it was through a breach of the Move It file transfer platform that's used by Sony. The, the 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 last in a long line of breaches in the video game industry. Well, I get maybe this doesn't stick specifically to video games, but it goes beyond that. It's, it's not good. Almost, it's almost like they don't mm. learn the lesson, do they? Yeah, yeah. So many so many news about them being hacked, and it's not going to look. Well, there are loads of different ways of being hacked. It's why cybersecurity became so prominent in the last decade to try and stop this from happening, but there's still people that want to get your information and ransom it mm. and spoil things for people yeah. in terms of releasing information that we don't want to know. Sometimes we like a surprise. I know that's yeah. separate yeah, that's from... Called, that's called well, journalism nowadays. Uh, <laughs> Spoiling not surprises. That's it. Mm. Yeah. I feel bad for them 6,800 employees because you've yeah. got to feel there might be some, once it's leaked, they might get contacted if someone's not happy well, with some of their decisions. Yeah, and... It's not even that. Contacted, death threats. All, all sorts could be happening. Obviously, with any any financial stuff as well, that could be dangerous. Yeah. But, hmm. I suppose whoever did this did a bad job of the, uh, the other one, the other group that supposedly stole some information from Dare, and apparently it's all just like PowerPoints and Java files and random, well, like, miscellaneous stuff. Well, there were chances, weren't they, really? They didn't show what they had and asked for a million. And 
A million dollars. That's for more, sure. Yeah, at least one million. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's enough for you to think and think. Shall we just pay it for him to go away? No, never pay. That's it. Yeah, that just leads to more, doesn't it? So, no. What'd you do for one? Then everyone else jumps on board. That's it. You open that can of worms. Just say no. And so, don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> Shall we move on to non-Sony stuff? What we got? Well, there was uh, some, I suppose, troubling news over at uh, Sega recently. I mean, well, over then the news that Crave uh, Assembly have had to kind of let go of some of their staff. Their uh, their latest game that they were working on, Hyenas, the the first person shooter. I think so. Yeah, it was like huh. it was like a an extraction slash heist shooter. I think something like that. I thought it was the game about them three hyenas from Lion King, but okay. I I, I could see why you would think that. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about the game. I just surmised <laughs> yeah. that from the name, but yeah. Because oh, they're, right. they're the only hyenas that have ever existed. Ever. Exactly. No other hyenas matter. <laughs> Clearly not. Uh, so, yeah, so the game that Crave Assembly is working on, or, well, was working on, um, unfortunately got cancelled by Sega. Um, and news about it um, that's come out since saying that it was actually Sega's most expensive game, which is a bit worrisome if that was going to be their most expensive game and they can just go out and go yeah we'll just we'll just cancel this because it wasn't going anywhere well i can understand why it might have been the most expensive game because what new ips have they come out with recently and it takes a lot more money to build a new ip than it does to reinvent old ones Mm, i suppose so and if it wasn't going anywhere surely it's better to cut it than to keep yeah I was just going to say, that's it. Otherwise, you've got a... Um, what's that boat game that's never going to come out? Uh, Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones, that's it. Boat game. That boat game. <laughs> I yeah. can remember as the boat game, not the pirate game. <laughs> the boat game. Yeah, then you get into that kind of the thing where you, you're just mm. pumping money into it just to get it out. And then yeah. no one will buy it, and then it looks bad on the yeah, company you, you overall. You're going to recoup your costs anyway. But... Yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, the article that I read from Kotaku mentions that uh, prior to Hyenas, uh, Sega's most expensive game previously was Shenmue. Really? The original yeah. one on Dreamcast? Mm. Apparently that cost $70 million. I mean, I can see why, because it was quite a trailblazing game at the time. Oh, it, it, it was it was Yakuza before Yakuza was even a thing. Yeah, <laughs> like the amount of stuff that you could do in that game, and I mean, f- like sell on the platform for Dreamcast, are just nuts. But yeah, that that shot me a little bit because I'm like thinking of like other games that have come out for Sega prior. Like I think of um, even just some like Alien Isolation. I thought that would be quite expensive for the tech that was in there and. How it looks graphically and stuff, but no, apparently not. The license. Hmm. That must have cost a few bob. Oh, it must have, yeah. 
just to get the license as well. Just looking at all the side games as well, you'd think even some like Frontiers would be pretty expensive. <sighs> well, we'll never know. We'll never know what high end this could have been like. You never know. They might resurrect it in a few years' time. I just hope it's not too much trouble for Creative Assembly because they do. They are like one of the bad developers out there with their pedigree of you know the Tall War series and like Alien Isolation. I think Craig it was critically acclaimed, just didn't sell very well, unfortunately. But you did speak about job losses there. It's not the only ones that have happened, is it? Unfortunately not. We are seeming to be in a season of... Bad will. Unemployment. So wait, where where we start? So I start with Team 17. So they announced a restructure. We see around 50 members of their staff being laid off, mostly involving the QA department, which is worrying. Yeah, who's going to test the games? Apparently the CEO was off as well. So. Ooh, well, it's rare you see one of the top jobs go. Who else we got? Telltale? Yeah, there was Telltale as well, if I recall. They've had to lose some of their staff after only just forming back together. Yeah. So technically this is like, this is like, so basically there was a, did you see this? There was a tweet from a guy, a cinematic artist who works there, called Jonah Huang. Hmm. And he was saying that there's like most of their staff got laid off. And it's technically like the second time it's happened to him because he was there the first time and then he went back. Hey, it reminds me of someone else, Matt. No, it's not happened the second time yet. Unless you're hinting at something. uh, But then in August, Telltale actually bought Flavorworks. It seems like they've cut some of the staff at that company now as well. Oh, great. So... It's strange that they made an acquisition and then cut staff. Yeah. Like, their own staff as well. Weird. Yeah. Who else we got? Any more for any more? Well, there's one of the bigger ones, Epic Games. Ah, uh, yeah, them as well. They, lost, they laid off uh, a good number of staff. Um, interestingly, more, sort of the core of the, I suppose, layoffs have come to the Mediatonic team, um, the guys who made supposedly dead game Fall Guys, which I mean, <laughs> hey, it'll be very dead well if no one's now. working on it. <laughs> um, which is very unfortunate. Like I don't know why it seems to be most of there. So, but that's a shame. Because Fall okay. Guys is fun, even though it's got its. It's, it's a good game, but I think it's. It's, it's got a good core concept of just take Takeshi's Castle and just make it playable, basically. Yeah. Like, that can never be, like, a bad time. So, unfortunately, it doesn't look too good for uh, Mr. Mister Sweeney. Is it Tim Sweeney? Or the one that's at Epic Games? Because apparently there was some uh, there was some mass layoffs from big tech companies earlier this year, and he posted a tweet on Twitter about, like, how epic games band together in the time of bad, you know, time of like, you know, bad news and need and stuff and now it's like, well, you've got really own staff, so Yeah. This is why you, you shouldn't plunker. drink and go on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> just to confirm, I don't know if we're drunk or not, but Yeah. I mean It's just a silly maybe. thing to do. <laughs> like you never know what's around the corner. Yeah. 
just trying to think who else. I'm sure there's... there's Have you heard about Bioware? I've not heard about Bioware. So, oh, no. so at the end of August, 50 Bioware employees were terminated without calls. And apparently oh. the severance package they were offered was less than what they were supposed to. Oh. And negotiations resulted in Bioware just refusing to increase. So seven of the ex-employees now have filed a statement of claim with Alberta's Court of King's Bench, which is basically the superior court in Alberta, Canada, where they are. Oh, dear. And they're requesting the fair severance pay now. So that's all kicking off as well. But no, what's going on? Why is what's 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 crap? What's 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 cracking off here? I don't know. Did they overemploy during COVID and having to cut back? I, th- I think or? a lot of companies did, to be fair, because that's when the tech company stocks were going up because people were using it more because they had more time, obviously mm. for gaming, um, social media, and now it's correcting itself, and unfortunately, people are losing the jobs. It all seems to be going very ham-fisted, though. Yeah, it's all just coming at once, isn't it? Yeah. And nobody seems to be getting a fair, you know, whether it's fair severance or time to know about it or anything. It just seems all very sudden. It's like, oh, you ain't got a job. And if all companies are, like, cutting people, nobody's going to be hiring, are they, in the industry? So, what else do they do? Well, that's it. I mean, it's just, it's just a disappointing time isn't it at the moment like the, the thing is with epic as well what is a bit frustrating is i, I feel like I, mean, I feel like i'm sure i read somewhere recently like they made like big profits thanks to fortnite well that's the thing about a lot of these companies isn't it it's always a case of oh we're making it's like, profits, I would say, like, oh, we're making we're profits, losing, and then, yeah. like, months down the line, like, oh, but we need, now we need to make layoffs. Like, but you're making more money, so why, what? Are we making more money, but we're also losing more money? Like, how does that work? <laughs> Maybe. Is it less money going into the pockets of the execs at the top? Well, there's always that question, isn't there? Like, we're making yeah. more money, but where's the money actually going? Yeah. yeah. So it certainly ain't going to these guys that are getting laid off, so. Yeah. Don't think they get bonuses for the more profits, are they? <laughs> Instead, it's you're sacked. Mm. What a weird industry. I don't know. I'm beginning to wonder why anybody would actually go into that industry now. It seems like there's no job security. Well, that's it. If you don't get laid off, you're getting smashed with crunch all the time to get games finished. Yeah. Mm. I think you've got, you've you've really got to have a passion for video games to actually like almost kind of ignore that side of the industry i suppose it depends what 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 you want to go into though isn't it like are you going to be a developer are you going to be qa are you going to be a writer like well it seems like no matter who you are now you're not working well yeah unless you're an executive but oh everybody was going for these various companies i wish them well but where they go i got a clue well, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of tired people who get picked up by other companies and you know, they all, all band together and make their own company. There's an idea. It'll be good. You just take everyone that gets laid off. Yeah. What would they call it? Layoff games. <laughs> sure. That just sounds like it's going to be set for them to then eventually get laid off. 
that's not good. That's and the it. circle every, continues. Every time they come to the office, they look up at the name, they get PTSD. <laughs> oh, that'd be awful. Anyway. Yeah, I'm just rabbiting on now. Well, I suppose we should move on from uh, from layoffs to potential strikes. I suppose we'll add to the more not-so-good news. Um, I'm sure everyone's heard about the current ongoing, I suppose, protest over in America for the, I think, is it the Riders Guild and the, um, and the Actors Not Guild hard. as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so according to one article, um, I read from Video Games Chronicle, uh, according to this, members of SAG AFTRA, uh, the Labour Union for American Actors um, have voted overwhelmingly in favour of potential video game strike action. Um, now, from reading this, this doesn't mean that they're going to actually go into strike. I think it's just it's more of a case of if it needs to be called into action, they will. They have, be like, yeah, they, yeah, they would. Uh, they have the, I suppose, the authority, yeah, to be able to do that. Um, apparently, according to this, union members voted 98.32% in favour. Quite overwhelming. Which is very overwhelming. Um, as the article continues, uh, while this doesn't necessarily mean a strike is going to be called yet, it does mean that if the union doesn't get terms it considers acceptable while negotiating the interactive media agreement, it can call a strike right away knowing its members already support the decision. Uh, so far, negotiations have failed due to what the union calls unacceptable terms on some of the issues most critical to our members, including wages that keep up with inflation, protections around exploitive uses of artistical artist I can't say it, AI. Okay. <laughs> artificial intelligence, that is the word that I am trying to say. Uh, <laughs> and basic safety precautions. Um, so far, there have been five rounds of neg- uh, negotiations, with the next bargaining session set to take place between 26th and 28th of September. Which, uh, which as of recording, <laughs> has clearly already happened, but we've not had a bit since. Um, so the union is in negotiations with a number of different video game companies and their performance production arms since October of last year. This includes Activision Productions, Blind Lights, Disney Character Voices, EA Productions, Formosa Interactive, Insomniac Games, Epic Games, Take-Two Productions, Voiceworks Productions, and Warner Brothers Games. So, looks like we're going to be having another strike with the looks of uh, this this old article now. <laughs> At least we've not heard of one as of yet, but yeah, it's... um. It's what interesting that, reading into what, it. What's that mean, though? So it's, but this is striking of the actors in video games. Is that right? I believe so. Yes, I think this is purely for. Um, I imagine like voice actors and performance actors. Yeah. Um, so I imagine it'll be like it'll silent be like, protagonists. Is what we're going to be having. How <laughs> on? Yeah, just follow Nintendo yeah. way, don't. Claude Speed from GTA Three is going to be making his comeback. In GTA 6. He just comes back with like a sawn in like mouth. Yeah. So all he does yeah. is like mumbles. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. I mean, if it's anything like the the current Actors Guild at the moment, um, I imagine a lot of it's going to be on rise of stuff like, especially in terms of like artificial intelligence of yeah yeah taking you know somewhat quite similar to the the whole Troy Baker story we had quite a months ago of like you know using AI to mimic actors' voice uh, voice and stuff so you don't need to necessarily yeah. pay them because yeah. you've already got their voice. So, and that's a bit pretty scary. I suppose as well, in, in terms of like model working as well, just being able to use like a performance actor's face and, and performance if you've already got it all recorded and kept via AI or something. I imagine that's quite scary. Don't like AI. Ruins everything. I think it can be used as a helpful crutch, personally. Can't you knew Nathan's gonna jump in on that. <laughs> I I'm I'm all for it depending on its usage. It's it's really all about how it's um integrated. It's gonna be badly, because these things always go badly. Yeah. I mean there's always stuff there's always about the Riders one as well, which I think have is it the Riders one or is the actors one that's recently um come to an agreement? I think it's the, the actors. actors one. It was the writers one, sorry. No, it was, wasn't it? I think it's the writers. Yeah, I think it's the writers. Um, so, like, that's always, like, a scary time of, like, having AI write scripts and stuff and it being a bit, like, oof. Well, that's not good. Well, it'll be interesting to see what comes from that. Hmm. Certainly. Any more news? Yeah, so, just moving over to Nintendo a bit. So, as we know, earlier on this year, the eShops got shut down for the Wii U and 3DS. <clears throat> in addition to that, in April next year, the Wii U and 3DS online services will be shutting down, with a slight caveat. So, this refers to kind of the online cooperative play, um, internet rankings and then data distribution. So all that's going to be shut down apart from Pokemon Bank, the cloud storage system, do you know, where you can transfer your Pokemon to. So that's going to continue to, to work. Cause obviously hmm. the Pokemon company is going to keep funding that. Interesting. At least for the time being. So there's been no kind of date that that's going to be ending, but, um, yeah. We've not been given an exact date, but we've just been told that sometime in April it's going to shut down, and that'll be it. And then, literally, the Wii U and 3DS will be... Well, they won't be dead as such, but no console's ever dead. Sure, but... <laughs> then. Did you read the Q&A? I read a bit of it, yeah. Yes, uh, so will I still be able to play offline even after online services end? Uh, yes, players will still be able to use features and game modes that do not require online communication. Uh, are you also ending online services for software from publishers other than Nintendo? With some exceptions, online services will end for all Nintendo 3DS Wii U software. Please contact publishers for information about the online services for their software. Hmm. But you can still download update data and re-download purchase software. Yeah. Which is good. At least that's something. 
That's good, because I, I did buy a few games on my Wii U. I bought all the Super Mario Bros. games, Mario 64, so it's good that you'll still be able to download them. But yeah. Can we have some happier news now? I'm, I'm feeling a bit down. Just something that could have been. Something that could have been. Never yeah. was. Something that could have been, but that hasn't. Well, it could still happen, who knows. Ooh. You're talking about our relationship, Mark. <laughs> We'll speak about that after the podcast. Uh, Alright, so in an interview with VentureBeat, Activision President Rob Kostich said the following in response to a question about Call of Duty being a multimedia franchise. We've looked at a lot of those things. We've looked at multimedia. We've had proposals on theme parks. So there was a proposal for a Call of Duty theme park I'm just trying you to imagine, imagine that. What? what would you have at a Call of Duty theme park? I mean, obviously, you've got to have a ghost train, haven't you? you just have the character of ghosts popping out of you. You'd have a haunted house with the zombies. Yes. Yeah, you could have a zombie. Um, actually, there, yeah, I could see the uh, if they could recreate a Narked and Totten map. It's like a, like a zombie survival kind of thing. That'd be cool. There must have been like a theme park themed map called you to I would have thought somewhere um, is isn't there a map called Chernobyl there is because well, there's that famous Ferris like wheel. wheel yes the, the, the Pripyat a... Pripyat yeah the Pripyat yeah, yeah so you could is, have yeah. something that looks like that yes you have that I was about to say what's Chernobyl got to do with the theme park well you had that music park in there no, but yeah there is there is one in is it Carnival I want to say I'm in trims. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look. What else could you have? So you have like, you know, uh, you know those things where you throw darts at balloons. You can have ones where you like, yeah, a throwing knife. One yeah. thing they could do, you'll love this, Mark. They yeah. could have like a shipment map set up, but laser quest. Yes. I'm sold. Get it built, actually. <laughs> have a uh, bingo hall with with Mason. The numbers, Mason. What do the numbers mean? It means bingo, that's what it means, mate. There's this one zombies map, and it's got like a theatre. So you could have like a oh, theatre. Pl- play, I don't know what they oh, play. Uh, Maybe streamers and stuff that stream Call of Duty. So you yeah, can go in and watch was, that. What was that called? Kino de Totem. Was, was that in um, Black Ops 3, were it? Uh, it was Black Ops 2, actually. Yeah. We could say he was the resident Call of Duty nerd, yeah. I'm surprised but, uh, they even knew it were Black Ops, so yeah. I'm happy with that. Oh, we could do um, could do like paintballing in like a nuke town map. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. See, we're like, oh, what a ridiculous idea this. We're building. Is. Then we firm. think more about so, yeah. it. Like, yeah. actually, what a brilliant Give idea. Give us a ring activation. <laughs> Why didn't we do this? Get it built. Yeah. Yeah. Get it done. And I guess that's it for the news. Shall we move on? to what we're currently playing. Let's do it. Woo! Matt, do you want to start? Me? Do you want me to start? Okay, yeah, I'll start. why not? So, from the back of the last podcast, uh, I uh, was making my way through the Intermission DLC on Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrated. Oh, yes. Uh, and I can comfortably say that I have completed that now. Hey. Oh, nice one. 
So I was I was literally like a few corridors down and then I'm at the final boss room really. So um what can I say about this final boss other than oh my goodness, it took me a good amount of tries on it. Uh I I will not lie. Um even just playing on a normal setting yeah, is a bit of a challenge. So um final boss try not to spoil too much about. It's called uh Nero. Um, seems to be a bit of a kind of a vampire-esque character who likes to control dark chaos magic or something along the lines. Um, and he goes through a different f- few phases uh, during, the, during the fight. So the first one's quite straightforward of sort of my real strategy was just kind of use Yuffie and just kind of keep my uh, distance away from him. Um, I started, I started getting down the strategy after about two or three tries of like being able to sort of throw my kind of chirking at him and then using a particular move, which kind of built up his stagger, um, limit, I suppose. And then after a, a few, few more kind of hits like that, filling his stagger up and sort of hitting him into a stagger mode, then kind of just getting close and kind of hammering him with, uh, Yuffie and his uh, and her um, uh, partner, uh, or if gone the name, Sonon, I think it is. Um, and then after maybe about a quarter of his health goes, uh, goes straight into a next phase and into a new room, and he starts developing this like kind of um, almost like a, an area of effect cloud where if you kind of step uh, step into it. You start taking like continuous damage after a while, so it starts getting a little bit more tricky. It kind of kept my strategy about the same, kind of keeping my distance until staggering him. And once he gets down to about half health, throws you back into the original room, and then he starts doing all this crazy stuff. He starts bringing up these like tornadoes of chaos that you can get caught in, and then he comes in, he can kind of grab you as well and uh, take a good chunk of health like it took a good number of tries but eventually got it down managed to beat him um and then as the story continues yuffie um kind of escapes uh, the shinra building you kind of find out that this like ultimate material that she was looking for isn't quite ready yet so you need to go and kind of i suppose report back to wutai about it and then as she kind of leaves Shinra building, uh, her story in the overall arc of Final Fantasy VII is when the Sector Seven plate comes down and like basically destroys everything underneath. So it kind of leaves there. Um, Skipping's the next cutscene. She's already left Midgar. She's on a truck boat. She's making her way into the wild and she's looking to recruit new people for her cause, which is great. And uh, that ends, and then there's like one more cutscene with the original uh, Final Fantasy VII gang who had kind of has already left Midgar, making their way to Calm, and you kind of see a little bit more of kind of what's going on there, really. Um, and that's it. So that's pretty much all of Final Fantasy VII Remake um, that I can that I can take now at the moment. I'm going to be waiting for Rebirth to come out next year. Uh, in February, can't wait for it honestly. So after finishing that, I was still in a in a bit of a FF mood. Like I still wanted to kind of fill my boots a bit with uh, Final Fantasy VII. Didn't didn't kind of want to 
leave it quite yet. So I have continued my save file from the original Final Fantasy VII on my Switch, which I'm sure I talked about it maybe like last year or maybe like two years ago or something. I can't remember when I last picked it up and just started playing it. Um, but I've, I've effectively gotten to the point of the Temple of the Ancients. So if you kind of know where that is, great. If not, um, oh, it's kind of hard to describe this point. Basically, I've managed to pick up all um, party members that you can get in Final Fantasy VII. Um, and I'm kind of sticking with like a core three. I'm sticking with the Cloud, who's kind of like the balanced sort of character in my party. I've got Barrett, who's more so the long range damage slash tank character. And then I've got Tifa, who does kind of. A bit above, above made her like my healer character in effect. So she's the one that I rely on to like make sure everyone's healing and Cloud doing all the damage and stuff. So basically, I, I want to almost uh, like I, I never completed Final Fantasy VII at all, and this is probably the first that I've ever gotten. And I essentially kind of want to understand all the story, but from like my perspective of playing it before I get to. Uh, rebirth and then the eventual like final game in the remake trilogy just to kind of like see all the changes in the story and like how they change it up for modern times and like where they where, where they're going to really change the story because um, like remakes like a very small section of the first like the original game really small section but they extend it to 40 hours even though really it's about five hours in the, like the original game <laughs> um but they change I, up the story a i lot. feel cheated from that though them just stretching the game out that long um, or is it enjoyable i think or it's does enjoyable it, is, I, it, is it grindy though no i won't say that at any point you need to grind you can pretty much go through it from start to finish without really grinding like like you could do in the original as well like there wasn't really any grindy parts per se but you can go from like start to finish straight through just just following the story if you want even just ignoring some of like the side quests that they're in it the remake essentially kind of um fleshed out that like first five hours to add a lot more like world building and depth to some like the supporting characters that you find and stuff so and they they've they add to the story as well it's not to avoid spoiling too much of it, it's not a one-for-one remake as such. They do change up story enough that it's almost its own game. It's just following similar beat um, paths from the original. So if you didn't want to go through it, like if you if you couldn't get into the original Final Fantasy VII because it is a what I like to call like an active turn-based game. I want to say it's like a, well, it is a JRPG, but it's not like you take your turn, enemy takes their turn. There's like an active bar that fills, and once it's filled, then you take your turn while the enemy, well, takes as many turns as, as it wants, really. I, I made I made the wrong decision once in a battle of, like, still thinking it was turn-based, like, oh, the enemy takes the turn once I've taken my turn. So I left it once and went downstairs, came back, had, like, died and had to start all over again. <laughs> I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't that kind of game, so... Um, but anyway, I'm I'm playing through the original because I want to 
experience that and hopefully I can get that completed if I can keep my uh, focus on one game at a time, which is not going to happen at the moment because I've got a couple other games to talk about. Um, so the next game I have picked back up after a few years as well, maybe similar to Final Fantasy VII because of uh, a recent mobile game that came out that's kind of got me hooked back into the universe but i want to play the proper game now um so i started back up playing monster hunter world so i've got i've got a character already this at about 70 hours but i honestly can't remember why she did with them at all so i was like right i'll just i'll start again i've got the icebound dlc now so hopefully some things are going to be new some you know new mechanics and stuff that i've didn't play since the i got the original and I'm just enjoying my time with it. Um, I've been hooked into it again, like I did from when I first played it. So I just, I, I love just the whole gameplay of it. Like just having to um, pick up clues to get tracks of like where the monster is that you want to hunt. You start picking up clues to the point where then you find where the location is and then you just start wailing on the monster with whatever weapon you want provided that it doesn't want to eat you and stuff so um yeah i'm really enjoying it again um absolutely love it if you've i would say for like anyone who are curious about monster hunter but was kind of put off from like the older games i think monster hunter world's a really good introduction game to the series because it's very streamlined I think you mentioned um, that to me before because I started with Generations and I didn't really get on with that one too much. But yeah, um, the the older games were, were very stuck in their old kind of ways of like you had to collect resources, which you do in this one as well. But stuff like um, sharpening your weapon had like a, a limited usage, whereas this one you can do it as as much as you want and it's pretty. It's, it's more streamlined, I'll say. Um, stuff like uh, roasting meat as well to to be able to eat to get health and stamina is a little bit more streamlined as well. You're not just kind of waiting there for ages for it to cook. It's pretty snappy in doing it. Um, and I think the big thing as well is that the, the actual, I suppose, area that you fight in, all the each zones are all linked to one another. There's no loading time in between zones like there was in the older games so you know if you're chasing a monster it's going to a zone you have to follow it you've got to wait you know you go through a loading screen then you get into it like that could be annoying because as well like i've played generations i've been like firing a monster getting attacking and then my attacks zoomed me into like the next zone and that's the last thing i want to be doing so now i've got to chase after the monster again um but this one's a lot streamlined so just getting back into it, really loving where I am. Um, and yeah, probably probably play a lot more of it. And then the last game that I've played, which I think you guys might, might have a, a little talk about on this one, because I think we've all got shared experiences with this game. It's come out. It's not the new FIFA, but it's the new EA FC 24. Uh, as we say, rest in peace to the FIFA series for now. <laughs> 
until FIFA buy Konami or something. I don't know, and change the football. <laughs> Maybe. So, um, current thoughts we've had at the moment. Just like any any other FIFA, really, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what can I say about it? Walks and all. Different yeah. different menus, but same old game. Uh, yeah, I, I will say I slightly different menus. There's a slight. I, I do like the presentation a little bit more. They like it's just like a, a list of stuff rather than just displaying it bloody box. It is a bit easier box. to manipulate. Yeah, uh, manipulate. Navigate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I do think it's a little bit smoother, a little bit more streamlined. I like that. Um. So where 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 can I start? I suppose I'll I'll start with my player career. So. Aside to make a player career, I'm gonna make a player. He's a striker. I've decided to start in League Two with Doncaster Rovers because I'm like, right, I'm gonna try and try and be a bit of a journeyman kind of character. I'm gonna start in League Two, then I want to go to League One, whether that's with Doncaster or with someone else, I don't mind. Probably, I'd probably like to probably move about, and then obviously try and get to the Premiership and be the best striker in the world. Um. And it's, it's probably it's a little bit different um, in in this player career now because you've got uh, you've got like a player agent with you who can suggest which teams uh, to move to to like advance your career in, um, and you can pick your own team as well. You don't have to like stick to what they've they tell you. You can go right. Like I was gonna go right. I want to go into League One. I'll probably go to like Barnsley and I'll do like a tour of the. Yorkshire teams or something. I'll get to League One with Barnsley. I'll get to Championship with Wednesday, provide the stay. If we're still the, there. If we're still there. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm probably coming back down the league. Um, and then I'll remember where Sheffield United and I'll bug you all off and go to Newcastle eventually. Um, we're not going to stay at Prem anyway, so. Well, <laughs> Keep yeah. That as well. Yeah. Well, you never know. Or maybe Leeds. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Dirty Leeds. That felt a bit yeah. dirty. Um, but then there's an achievement as a achievement slash trophy you can get uh, in your player career where if you um, you have to like follow your agent's recommendation twice in a single career. And they've recommended me this like I don't know what team it is. I think it's I think it's from Turkey. It's like a three and a half star team, but it's not Galatasaray. It's not um, oh, I forget I forget the other Turkish side that's quite popular as well. Fenerbahce? Fenerbahce, that's the one. Thank you. It's it's someone else. I can't recognise their badge. I think it begins with H. But I'm like, okay, that sounds interesting. They're three and a half star. That's a bit of an upgrade from this one star Doncaster team. Um, that I currently feel a bit inadequate in at the moment now. <laughs> For like the rank that I am. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll probably, I'll go there. I'll, I'll get the achievement first and then We'll see what we do from there. So I've I've gone about maybe about uh, how many eight nine games in. Uh, we're top of the league quite easily, um, winning every match. Um, the thing that I'm I'm doing though, because in each match you get like three um, objectives to complete, and you can enhance one to get like bonus points or stuff. And I'm finding while what I'm actually doing is um, I'll play the game, like maybe score a couple of goals and stuff, and I'll check if I've already got these like three objectives complete. If I have, I'm like, 
Right, I'm just going to request a sub and just bugger off now. I can't be bothered to play rest. Just sim to the end. I'm just going to sim to rest and just leave it to Doncaster's favour if they've let me down. Uh, <laughs> so I've gone through quite a few games there, um, and we'll see how far I can take Doncaster and then where my career can go from there. Um, I've done a, a very short manager career as well, decided to manage Newcastle, as I would. Um, I've not got too far. I've only gone to like literally just the start of the Premier League um, season, so I'm going to be playing against Aston Villa, probably going to whip them 5-1. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got some of, the, some of the players. I've bought in a couple of us, like... Um, there was this. I think he's is a Canadian. There's a Canadian that played for. I think he was in the German league. I think it's called something James. That I've bought in because he's like a real one red and he looks pretty good. And then I bought a new left back called Miranda, who was apparently like a world class prospect. So I'm like, okay, you're young enough. Maybe you'll build into something pretty good in the future. I'll just give Dan Burn a rest. Um, and I've just got rid of some others. Like I, I got rid of Sean Longstaff. I'm like, I feel a bit bad, but he's getting, he's like, he's 25, but he's rated lowish compared to everyone else in the squad. Like I've got an 86 rated Tonali, who's like my highest rated player. I'm like, you're not gonna get in the squad, Longstaff. <laughs> and he's getting rid of some midfielders, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, we'll see how we'll see how that goes as I continue with that one. Um, and then we'll probably speak a little bit about. Pro clubs, um, or as it's now known as clubs, we've dropped yep. the professional. Um, yeah. Amateur clubs. Amateur clubs, yeah, and probably some, maybe some of the vault. The vault stuff's quite similar to last year, anyway. Um, so I don't think I much like the rest of the game, though. Well, yeah, uh, not nothing has really changed there. Um, clubs has changed somewhat a little bit in how you progress through divisions now so um everyone starts in division five you get a couple of wins you go up to division four you essentially just keep going up there's no relegation anymore it's pretty much you progress through these divisions now and then after about a month there's like a playoffs that you play in yep. and for what i can tell in there uh, the I don't know if there's going to be a, a limited amount of games that you have to play or if it's just play as much as you can, but you have to essentially try and play as much as you can. The more you play, the more wins you get, the more points, and then by the end of the playoffs, you'll earn a lot of stuff for your club. So you'll get like a lot of fans, which is meant to help with the, I think, the star rating of the club. I could be wrong there. I don't know how it all works yet with the star rating now. So it used to be the number of like matches you played or something, but uh, I know it helps with I think upgrading stadiums. You can get better stadiums with more fans you get. Yeah, our stadiums terrible at the minute. Yeah, um, there's probably some other stuff. I imagine you'll unlock like um, music or well, not music, but like music that plays when you score a goal. I imagine. Um, some had some people that we played. That's some weird stuff. Um, and some other nonsense that you get. Like, you can get Volta coins as well and season points for something. I imagine after playoffs is finished, it probably resets everyone, I imagine. So, great. Love to see. 
yeah, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on on EA currently that you guys have been playing. I've been having a good time. I've um, well, I started my um, manager career. Obviously, I'm managing Sheffield Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I absolutely gutted the club. I I put everyone up for sale. Obviously, we're having a crap season so far, so I had no love lost for anyone. <laughs> Barry Bannon, 1.4 million. Yes, please. I can put you towards getting some free agents that are better than you. So, yeah, honestly, everyone got sold, racked all the money up, and it's filled with free agents that are amazing. I've got like an 80-rated player. I think it might be 82-rated now, actually. But, yeah, I've got a decent team ranging from like mid-70s to (laughs) 82. Um, But my favourite player that I've got right now is this guy called Afif. But he's not very happy and he's put himself on transfer list. Well, the board's put him on transfer list because I didn't listen to him. I never listen to him. They come to me and say, they say to me, like, oh, I want to play or I need a rest. I'm like, no, I made the decisions. I'm the manager. So. Is that an anagram of FIFA? Oh, a FIFA. A FIFA, yeah. If F. So yeah, he's he's causing me a bit of bother, but he's a, he's a good player though. So I did sub him for a couple of matches to try and teach him a lesson, but he still wants to leave. He's happy though. That's the thing. It's like his happiness and fitness is great. I don't know what's wrong with him. Does he not like Sheffield or something? Well, what's not to love? But anyway, apart from the playing staff, um, we've had a pretty decent season. I've nearly finished my first season, so I've been playing it a lot. So I've nearly got us promoted to the Premier League. So stark contrast to how we're getting on in real life, like rock bottom with three points now. Yeah. Um, we went out to Liverpool in the League Cup on in the quarterfinals on penalties. So I think that's pretty good for the like championship team. Not too mm-hmm. bad. We pushed Liverpool all the way, but we just um, didn't have enough when it came to penalties, unfortunately. Um, we've just beaten Aston Villa in the fifth round of the FA Cup, so we're still in that. So hopefully, maybe a bit silverware, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's been going well, been enjoying that. Um, in, terms of, in terms of gameplay, it's a little bit different to last year, but nothing, no marked difference really in the way that they play. Yeah, I feel like, actually, I feel like the tackling's a little bit harder to do. I don't know. I seem to never get like I never get to like the uh, the standing tackles never seem to work for me as much as they used to. Mm. So mm. yeah, and I think um, you had the same issue as me, didn't you, Matt? Like when you tried to sack a uh, a coach, it just crashes the game. Yeah. So yeah. So that that's that's something new for um, new feature. <laughs> yeah, that's a new feature. Uh, crashing game. No, um, no. So in the in the managing career now, you can choose a like a like a play style that you want your team to be in. Uh, I think they call them like tactical visions. So like there's there's a few different ones. There's like there's counter attack. There's the I'll probably say it wrong again. The Gen Gen Press. <laughs> Gagger Press. G- Gundam Gag- style. Gundam style. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, that one. The the clock press. There you go. Uh, <laughs> the Jurgen press. There we go. The Jurgen, yeah. 
the uh, I want to replay pest. No. Um, uh, yeah, there's there's a few of us as well um, that you can pick. And then what you can do then is you can hire uh, coaches to um, increase like the like the training of players under that under that style. So you get a list of coaches. Uh, some are accomplished within one style. They could be an expert in the style as well. I think like if you get an expert, then the the training time for players is reduced better. Um, and then each one's got like a star rating. So like when I started initially, I didn't uh, I'd like I did decent defense coach and then kind of like okay accomplished everywhere else and then like after a month I was like oh I'll, I'll look to see if they've got new coaches maybe my help and stuff and they did and like like you know I got like expert in attacking and midfield still didn't get one for goalkeeping but I got like a, uh, a cheaper one at the same uh, star level so I was like okay I'll pop them in I want to get rid of this midfield coach because he's only two star went to sack him and then the 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 window just freezes at like do you want to sack uh, do you want to sack him it's yeah. this amount it's an extra fee to sack him and he just froze so this is this is like a psa for anyone that's playing a managing uh career in the new efc please don't try and sack a coach otherwise your game will freeze or at least save very often <laughs> Or so. just don't hire any coaches. Or just That's don't it. play the game, you know? There's that as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't have to. So. Sorry, I interjected. That's no, all right. I just want to get your opinion on it. Um, yeah, the played a couple more game modes. So I played a bit of Ultimate Team. So I put a team together, cobbled together with bronze players and loans that they gave me. And, um, yeah, I got slapped 6-3. Um, so... I had a 63-rated goalkeeper. What do you expect? Against bloody Roberto Carlos or whoever it was. Mate, tearing some, me some apart. Of, some of the teams I've seen in all the team already, just from like TikToks alone, it's just nuts. Have you seen like... I, I do like the little um, double walkout. That's, that's, that's quite cool. I've seen yeah. some of them. It's funny. And then all the trolls as well. People thinking they've gone like... Saka from Arsenal, and it's just yeah. this female. <laughs> yeah, I've seen this a few is, of them. There's female footballers in all my team now as well. It was fun. It was there's another fun one as well. So one thought they got Noya at Bayern, and it was this female goalkeeper again. So <laughs> lots of trolling. Oh, that's of not a bad thing. Oh no, it's totally not a bad thing. It's the just that people build their own Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. now. Now it's like people just are just. They're accustomed to like getting good stuff or like not good stuff. It's the wrong word. Certain keep, keep, keep that male back. players, <laughs> I will say, and then they get disappointed. Just circling back to pro clubs. First, the first session that we had, I think we can all agree it was a pretty mixed bag. To be honest, but usually when we played, I mean, FIFA, for a first we session. always had a crap first session. So actually, a mixed bag isn't. Terrible. No. <laughs> so we'll take it. But yes, yeah. you are right. I think we've probably got two wins, two losses and two draws. We were pretty even, weren't it? Yeah. And one of the wins was um, via... A disconnect. A disconnect. <laughs> so can we really class that? 
Yeah, well, that was it. I saw that. I was like, well, technically we just had one win. <laughs> and then we had that other win where we won about 6-1. We did fairly well in that match. So, yeah. But that, uh, Didn't we win a match when we were losing? Because they quit. Was that that match? Probably. I think it could be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so we, were losing. we won a match. Yeah, we were losing the match, but we still won it anyway. Somehow, yeah. so. But we'll take it, we'll take it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we had another session the other night, and we won all our games. It was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I was Luring us into a false security, though, isn't it? Yeah, you know what happens next time. Yeah. It's been yeah, all right so hey, look, far. Though, we, we can have like a successful road to Division 1 this time now. With we- our amazing goalkeeper. Yes. <laughs> that was weird. Mr. Invisible. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what happened. Uh Mark got sent off, as per usual. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not cast dispersions here. <laughs> look, look, right? You, you've you taken over the red card stuff from me. I used to be really bad. To be fair, hey, according, just... according to the stats, no one's got a red card, so... Well, yeah, according to the stats. To be fair, I have had three red cards so far. One of, them one. Were, one of them was in a drop-in match. When I eventually oh, got into a drop-in match, because those things are inc- impossible to get into, it would seem. They were the first night, honestly. It was. It still, it still is. I tried one, is. tried one earlier, still is. It's, it's probably why I've gone over to Fulton. It's so much yeah. easier to get into matches. I've not played Fulton yet. I'm not imagining it to be any different. I, I will say, no. I had one match where literally I was the only person running. That was frustrating. Either. That's why I just played the arcade mode now, because it's actually fun. Yeah, we did explain. So, yeah, I got sent off, and then our keeper just became randomly invisible for some reason. Yeah, and yeah, um, you got sent off. They had a free kick. They had a free kick. They like just scuffed it against the ground because they thought there was no yeah, goalkeeper. Yeah, they like they just like yeah. oh, look, this is empty now. We'll just like we'll just pop this in real really carefully. And suddenly the ball gets like <laughs> like whoop. picked up and like <laughs> floating ball. Yeah. Then we worked out that our keeper invisible. So like right, okay. <laughs> and then they just kept on taking shots from like wherever, just like. Still hoping this goalkeeper wasn't there. <laughs> I'm hoping it continues. I'm hoping we will log on next time. The next game is still invisible. invisible. <laughs> oh, it's just like every time you get a red card, it just makes the player invisible. That's it. Tap, just tap that, one foot team. But every time opposition strike comes into the box, just send charge keeper out. They won't know what they. They literally won't know what's. Inside. Oh, we did that towards the end of the game, didn't yeah. we? Uh, we yeah. Sent keeper forward and they just what? absolutely mullered. One thing that I liked is that their play got through one on one. But he didn't know where the keeper was, and the keeper yeah. just scooped the ball yeah. up from him. Yeah, he just took it. It's like, right, this is mine now. And he just jumped in the air, like, Whoa. top stuff. Right, what's uh, what's what's this story I've heard as well about a cold match you guys were in? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go on, Dave, you tell us story. So, it, it started off so well. Honestly, we were popping we were some right good goals stuff. in. Yeah. yeah. We we're 3-0 up, and then we thought, oh, this is going a bit too well. So they pull one back. We're like, all right, no worries. We've got a two-goal cushion. And then they score the scruffiest little goal um, that somehow gets its I'll, way in. I'll just interject. We were playing as... Real Madrid. Real Madrid, yeah. We're playing against Bayern Munich. Real Madrid? Thought yeah. you'd have gone with Man City? Well, we've, we've thought about what would be the sweatiest <laughs> team to use. Yeah. And... Well, it's not PSG anymore. So. Exactly. That, we were going to go for PSG originally, but we thought, now nah, this Neymar's gone. We'll go for somebody else. Yeah, so we got spanked by my team. So. Still living on that <laughs> edge. 
Um, but yeah, so they they get another one back, and then just before half time, they equalise. Like right, typical. Yep. And then we kick off about the FIFA scripted. Well, sorry, EA Sports FC 24 scripted. Yep. As always, and then um, I think they eventually didn't they go into lead. No, they didn't go into no, lead. No, no, it, it, it remained that. It remained that for quite a while, but it might not have at one point because I sillily gave away a penalty. Mm. Ew, silly. Yeah. And now at net, all the confidence in the world, I'm going to save this. I know where he's going. Well, I didn't know where we were going because he skied it over the bar, thankfully. Yeah. Nice. As Harry Kane. Um, yeah, as Harry Kane. So Harry Kane, has scored a, Harry Kane has scored a hat-trick at this point as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, just to add to it. But, um, we get to, like, the 80-odd minute, the clock's ticking down, and I run forward as one of the centre-backs and play an amazing ball through to Mark, who's running through, and he scores the goal, 88th minute, we all go ballistic, and then we defend for our lives for this last however long. It felt like hours, but it probably about 30 seconds. Because um, they had a couple of chances to get through, and um, thankfully we held on strong and got the win. But yeah. Oh, they had a player sent off in be- before we had a player sent off as well for a silly tackle. But yeah, it was pretty good. Well, that's a, pretty, a pretty good game. It was an exciting game. Yeah, it was an eventful game. We'll say that. Yeah. I'm Both neutrals. I, I just get. I only care yeah. about the win. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's that's my experience so so far with EA Sports FC. Have you got yeah. anything to add, Mark, or is that pretty much your lot? Well, I'll say for for you, because I've only played clubs and co-op with you guys. Well, as I say, I played the dropping match. Like I managed to get into like four dropping matches, and I managed to score in my first one. Oh, yeah, nice! Oh, nice. About. We still went on to lose the match, but I'll take I'll take the goal. And there's a nice curler from outside the box. Oh, wicked! Happy about that. But yeah, it's the rest of the team let me down. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same way playing with you guys. So <laughs> you both hate me. I know. <laughs> mhm. So anyway, that's EA Sports FC. So what have you been playing, Mark? Okay. Right. I got a biggie. So, I've been playing a game I've been excited about for a long time. And I actually bought this a while ago. And I actually got five days early access to it. I've been playing Starfield. Really? Oh, wow. Yes. I can't believe you got early access. Well, I actually had the following week off work, <laughs> so I thought I'd best take this opportunity. I did a few other stuff, but yeah, I did, time I did spend quite a bit of chunk playing it, and I've played a lot of it since. But I wanted to give a bit of time, you know, just to before I spoke about it on the pod. So I put a lot of hours into it, but I've, I feel like I've already scratched the surface, really. So basically. Uh, at the start of the game, obviously, you, you make a character. Because that's what you do in these Bethesda games. You make your own character. 
So and you have to give your character like a, a background to begin with. And you get a choice of a load of backgrounds and things like that. And each background gives you a set of three skills that you can use. So I've decided to go with the background of a soldier. Because I thought I basically picked the one that I thought was going to be the most useful with what might come. So this gives you fitness. So that increases your lung capacity, which I'll, it's basically that helps with running and things like that. You got ballistics, so that improves your like projectile combat with weaponry. And then most importantly, boost pack training. So this is where you can get a mobility backpack on you, which you don't just get. You have to get the skill. So I would highly recommend you, if you play it, to get that as early as you can. If you don't get, if you don't choose this background, and then you get the option to choose a set of traits, and these are basically, I'll say, modifiers to the game. So like unique things you can apply to your game that make it a bit unique to you. So I decided to choose to have a. Uh, these are completely optional. You don't have to have any. You can have one. You can have three, two. You don't have to have any at all if you don't want. But I decided to have a dream home. So what this does is you get your own mansion on a remote planet, right? However, it comes with a hundred and twenty-five thousand grand hundred thousand grand, that doesn't make sense. Hundred and twenty-five thousand credit mortgage that you have to pay off. Right. So you sell it with a ton so, of debt. Yeah, so at the beginning of the game, that's not really that helpful. And every time you visit it, you have to pay off a bit of this mortgage to get in it. Uh, I've got, I chose another one called Kid Stuff, which is where you send money to your parents. And you can actually go and visit them in one of the cities. And you can have conversations with them and they'll end up giving you some gifts. That's a quite a nice one to have. I should hope so for money yeah. you're giving them. Yeah. And then finally, I decided, I, thought, I weren't sure what to have for this. I, I was torn between two for this final one. I was either going to have the adoring fan, which, you know, I don't know if you know the story of the adoring fan. But basically, it's a guy who follows you and is a bit of an irritant, shall we say. But he, he seems to like you and he, he gives you stuff for free and all that. Yeah, this is like a, um, this it's is a, like a meme, isn't it? From, yes. From previous ones. I think it was in Oblivion first, I think it was. I believe so, yes. And then it's just turned up in like every... Bethesda games. Yeah, I thought should I have him for the lols? Uh, and then I thought the other one I was thinking about was uh, Wanted, which basically makes you hunt, be hunted by bounty hunters throughout your game. And in the end, I went I went for that one because I thought the Dory fan might become a bit irritating eventually. I mean, I, I might have, I could have just shot him, I guess, but anyway. Um brief brief thing about the start of the game because i don't want to talk too much about what happens and all that but basically you start off as a miner you're mining stuff you find an artifact a weird thing happens you're told to go and meet some people and then your adventure begins the universe is your oyster shall we say uh, but i just want to talk about some of like the mechanics of the game and things like that so obviously as i mentioned skills earlier so you have a set five sets of skill trees right and you have a ton of skills to unlock i have no idea whether you can have the ability to unlock them all because 
it, there's a lot going on. So you've got uh, physical, which is like strength and power and that kind of thing. Uh, social, so basically this gives you like the better gift of the gab. So you could talk your way out of certain situations and things like that. Combat, obviously increased weapon efficiency, that kind of business. Uh, science, so you can better research, so you can unlock more stuff, that kind of thing. And then tech, which is mostly like improvements for your ship, that kind of thing. But each skill has a rank. So you've got like four ranks to every skill. And you get benefits for each rank. And But each rank requires a skill point. So if you want to fully upgrade one skill, you need to spend four points on it. So you have to be really focused on what you want to do fairly early on. And then, well, well, each rank, or you can't just spend a point and get the next rank. You have to then do a challenge in the game to be able to get the opportunity to rank it up. For instance, in the, the one called piloting skill, which this allows you to fly higher class ships. So you start off with A, you can only fly A, A class ships, and you can work your way up to C. And basically, with each rank, you have to destroy a set number of ships in space combat. And then you, once you've done a set many, that's when you can rank it up. Um, so as you're going around on your planet, you've got a scanner that you can use. And this is, you know, the typical kind of RPG space exploration thing where you scan minerals and that kind of thing. Probably the least interesting part of these sorts of games, I would have to say. Space exploration is that I'm not really interested in resource management and that kind of stuff. And looking for rocks. But um, but you do have this uh, cutter, this mine cutter thing. And that's what you use to, to mine all your minerals and stuff like that. You Now, you can actually fast travel using the scanner. So when you put the scanner on, presuming you've gone to places on the planet you're on, it will pop up with a logo, and you can actually just click on it, and it will just take you there, which is quite good. So you don't have to go into map, maps all the time, things like that. And this is also where the photo mode is as well. So you whack the scanner up, and then you can put photo mode on, take a nice photo and all that. And there's a nice little, um, I won't say Easter egg, but a nice little feature is that any photos you take on the, with the scanner, because it's like an in-game photo, as well as you know, getting taking a screenshot. And basically, the in-game photo will actually end up going onto loading screens as oh, you play the game. Cool. So as you progress and you, you take more photos, you'll just see more of them appear as loading screens. That's quite a nice feature. Uh, there we go. Of course, in these sorts of games, the, 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 the lock picking, which in this is called digi, digi picking. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. Hacking, digipicking. You no, you use a digipick to open things. And how do you describe this? So basically, you imagine you've got like a circle, and it's got a gap in it. And then on the right, you've got a series of other circles with little lines on them. And you've got to try and find the one that will fit into the gap on the puzzle. So this is it's more a puzzle thing rather than you know twiddle the thumbsticks like you do on the like previous. That's to begin with, it can seem quite daunting, those stats, because you can have like multiple ones. So you might have a circle with like seven gaps in it, and you've got to overlay maybe three 
of these puzzles on top of that. And then there's a ring inside that one once you complete it. So there's like they're like multi-layered puzzles. So they can get you can upgrade these as one of your skills as well. But they are quite complicated to begin with. Um then you have something called persuasion challenges. So imagine you're talking to someone and you want to I don't know, you want to get a lower price for something or something like that. And you can enter into like a special persuasion dialogue box. And it comes up with like a point system. So for instance, let's say you're talking to someone and then persuasion comes up and you've got six points that you have to accumulate talking to this person. And every each of your dialogue choices has a point allocated to it. And it's kind of like a traffic light system. So green will give you one point, which means you've got a high chance of success of that working. Yellow, two points, a moderate chance of success. Three, red, low chance of success. But it's all about, you know, playing the percentages. So you've got so in you've got three chances using that system to accumulate six points. So you might want to just go red, red, which is risky because it might not work at all. Or you just play it safe, one one, but then you're gonna fall short by four points. So you need to take a risk at some point. So that's an interesting little thing. Um the only thing that annoys me about that is that every persuasion conversation ends up feeling the same. It's like the, the dialogue always seems to be the same thing. And a lot of them don't make sense in the context of the conversation you're having. Mm. It's like yeah. you'll be talking, you'll be like you'll be talking to a shopkeeper saying, "Oh, just lower your prices for me, mate." And then it'll, and you, one of your dialogues will be like, "You will have your orders, I have mine." It's like, what? That doesn't make any sense <laughs> in this in this conversation. Why am I saying that to you? But yeah. Now, of course, in an RPG, you pick up a lot of loot, and darn it, you do pick up a lot of loot in this game. But the matter of overencumbrance, which is always a thing, isn't it? It's always a problem. It, it irritates everyone. But it's actually not a terrible thing in this. Because unlike previous games, it doesn't slow you down. Right? That's good at least. Oh, that's interesting. So you can still move, but what happens is that your oxygen goes down quicker as you move. Oh, yeah. And what happens is... When your ox- so you've got, obviously you've got an oxygen scale, so when you run, the oxygen depletes. And then once that depletes, your CO2 increases. And once that's increased to the max, you then start to lose health. So it's it's a balancing act, basically. But you can you can move at general speed with overencumbrance, but your meter will go flying down quick. But it's better than being utterly slow. It really is. And also if you've got the boost pack, that can help alleviate it as well, because you can just boost your way other places that won't expend any oxygen, that kind of thing. Hmm. So that's good. Um, ship modifications. So I did have a, look, a little look at modifying the ship. So when you land at a spaceport, you can modify your ship and you can add modules onto it and that kind of thing. And it's quite intuitive, I have to say. It works with it works like Lego brick brick making it's like you can just click bits onto it and things like that and the game just it just works the game will just slot them where it's possible bit expensive though so maybe that's something you could just do to end game it's but 
But you can also, like... Well, actually, before you finish mod- modifying your ship, it does do, like, a flight check thing. So you can't do stupid things with your ship. And then the game will say, no, you can't have that. Because sometimes you might put so much mass on the ship, but it doesn't have the engines to lift it up. So you've got that kind of thing. But you can paint to rename your ship as well. Uh, I've not done outpost building yet, because it seems like that could be quite a time sink. And that could require mm. a lot of resources for what I've read. So, and plus, I think you've got to find like the perfect planet or somewhere. Yeah. Because oh, you just, you, yeah, to mine minerals from and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, characters. So you meet quite a bunch of characters, as you might imagine. A few of them, as you could have as uh, companions. They're okay so far, for what I've met. I've not met everyone. Um, yeah, they seem good. But in bars and clubs that you come to across the universe, you can hire people to join your crew. Who can then go onto your ship, or you can put them on an outpost, or whatever. Now, I the trouble is, the skills limits to how many people you can have on your ship at the start. So I found like 12 people I could possibly hire, but I can only hire like three of them. So it's... But it's like, on the skill set, skill tree, you have to spend at least... I think it's like at least eight points to get a, a higher tier of skill, which includes the one to get a higher crew crew numbers. So I've got to wait on that. So I'm, I'm meeting all these great people and I can't do anything. I can't hire them. Like weapons. The combat is surprisingly good. Really good, actually. I, I really like it. Particularly the ballistic weapons. But the problem... The one problem you might find as you play early on is armor. You may run out of armor quite easily. And the reason is, it feels like just about every gun has a different armor type. There is so much different armor variations. It's quite overwhelming, but it's just the way it is. As you, as you play on, you'll, you'll, you'll accumulate more and all that. But one good thing is, the weapon wheel, you can actually have 11 weapons on your weapon wheel. Oh, nice variation then. Mm. So my tip is to have a weapon with all different variations of ammo type on your wheel. <laughs> just so you never run out. Because it's pointless having three of the same weapon weapon that uses the same armor type because you'll just run out with one weapon with it so it works like um so it's on left up down left right and you just press it like three times up, up to three times so you can have three on left three on right three up and two down because one down is your health because that's yeah that, that works the same as um fallout 4 right uh vehicles no ground vehicles Oh, well. I, think, I think we expected that. Well, for what we know of. Yeah. Because yeah. the way the walls are in-game, when you load, load onto a planet. Have you ever ex- have you experienced that yet? Have you got have you hit a wall when exploring? I've not hit a wall, but I've not, I've not tried to venture too far out from the interesting places. Hmm. Because you have to use the boost pack, which is good. The boost pack is good. I do like that. But it's, it's even better when there's low sense of gravity. Because obviously you go fly. That's what you like to say. But um, no, no, I've, I've not gone. I've not ventured too far from the, 
agree. Um, spaceships. So when you're flying in space, your ship has a points allocation. So you've got 50 points there for your, for your ship. And you can allocate those points to different systems on the ship. So, for example, if you're in a dogfight, you might put five on your shields, four on your laser weaponry, four on missiles, and two on engines, something like that. But if you're exploring, you might just whack ten on engines and then five on your gravity drive, that kind of thing. And it's that's quite a nice little feature. I quite like that. So you can you can change your speed because if you put more into engine, you can increase your top speed as you're moving about and that kind of thing, which is good. Um, piracy. Now you can storm other ships and steal their contraband if you want. Have you done that yet? I have. That's that's a fun fun thing. But you've got to be careful when it comes to contraband because if you go because there's the place is called the settled systems, which is basically where humanity is settled in various planets and that kind of thing. And if you go to these places, when you arrive in their star system, they will scan your ship and if you have contraband they will arrest you and take all your hard-earned contraband so basically you have to try and avoid those places but i found somewhere where i can flog the contraband and not be scanned so i am always every time i take contraband i I immediately go there just so i don't forget about it but you can buy from uh vendors like nudge nudge wink wink vendors uh like shielded cargo bays so you can steal contraband and they'll be shielded by scans and that kind of thing. But I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go flog it. The music. I really love the music. In fact, I love the music so much that whenever I play the game, I listen to the full intro music on the main menu. And it lasts about two minutes. So what I do is I put the game on, I have my wireless headset and I'll just go and do something. I'll go and put, like, make a coffee or something. And I'll just listen to the music for two minutes. It's wonderful. I love it. It gets me to the mood for it. Uh, but the rest of the music in the game is great as well. I thought you were going to say, but the rest of the music is crap. <laughs> no. Uh, right. It wouldn't be a Bethesda game without a few bugs. Now, would it? Uh, this is no exception. Uh, so I was... I, went to, I don't want to say too much because it's a nice place and I, I, just, I don't want to spoil the place, but it, there's a hotel that you visit. And I went to the, the shop and... I just asked them, oh, I want to, I just want to view your wares. And it just kept reloading the dialogue box rather than coming up with it. I'm just like, well, this is right. What's going on here? But, and, I, and then sometimes when you're having a conversation, people will start walking in between you. And that, like, just glitching out and things like that, which that is odd. A lot. But it seems I, very Skyrim. Yeah. But what, but what are my earliest bugs? which did amuse me, actually, is was I went into, I can't remember, it's either a bar or a coffee shop, something like that. And I was talking to a woman behind the bar, right? And on the counter was a plant, just to the side, right? So I'm there talking to this woman, and they're having this conversation. And for some reason, my character just starts sidestepping to the right. And eventually, I'm talking through this plant to this woman. I would just have, we're just having this conversation through this plant. I'm just like, I don't know, Bethesda. Uh, we'll get onto some criticisms. Now, well, this is the criticism that really bothers me. 
but I know a lot of people half on you this is a criticism mm. and that's take other Bethesda games you've got a land a world and you can you, th- you can walk from A to B if you want it mm. that's not really a thing in Starfield because obviously you, you, you're on certain areas of land and you, you can't really walk from there to another planet and that to me doesn't bother me but I know that bothers a lot of other people because it's like I think a lot of people find the adventure in the things that happen in between yeah and that's not to say things don't happen in the space but you are zipping about systems you don't tra- you don't physically move yourself from one system to another you do have to technically fast travel through it I mean actually I've, I've never tried it would seem insane to try and fly normally between systems in my Fun- view funnily enough um someone someone tried it i think I, I can't remember which systems it were i think it was like they got to it was either Jun- juniper or it was pluto from was, somewhere was this a um, lot of ps it was yes i think I it took eight hours but you yeah, can go from player to player. Don't bother. <laughs> the, the, the game is big enough as it is without doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, don't do it because when when she actually did get there, she found that she can actually like interact with the planet. She was like flying kind of through it, and nah. it, it wasn't really there sort of <laughs> nah, thing. Nah. So it's a bit unfortunate. One thing that I am going to criticise though, the map when you're on a planet. So you do venture into some quite big like cities that kind of thing okay and you put the map on and it is horrendous it's all you get is symbols for the districts so for instance you might have commercial district residential district blah 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 yeah and it's just it's like a you know like topography so it's got like undulations and that kind of thing and it's like a wire mesh map so you don't mm. you, you don't see anything. You don't see buildings or roads or all like that. You literally just got a, this mesh thing, like you're in the Matrix, and these floating logos on it, and that's supposed to be a map. You can't work your way around anywhere on land. You've just got to you've just got to know it. You've Does just it not to, fill just, out as you walk anywhere? it's not a fog of war thing or all like that. That is literally it. It it's poor. I don't I don't know what they were thinking. So you've got to know exactly where you want to go and how to get there. Also, in that you, you can use the fast travel thing, but that's pretty bad. And then a, a, a slight criticism of the universal map. So when you're zipping between different systems and that kind of thing, it's easy to forget the places that you've been to because there's no list of places you've been. And when you're on like the big the, the map showing. You know, because you you start with this wide star map, and then you zoom into the system, and then you can zoom into the planet or the moon, or whatever. But when you're on the big one, you have no idea where any place is, unless you can recognise the star system. And that's it's. I just wish it saved like a list, so that you could click on the list, and then that would direct you to that place. Yeah. Yeah, that does seem a bit of a strange one. The only way you know you could get places if you've got a quest directing you to that planet, which is quite annoying. I just I just wish you had a, like a location choice to kind of thing. 
frame rate. Now, it is a 30 frame per second game, which isn't... I'm not going to knock that. Ooh. It, no, it, it's fine when it works. <laughs> but when you get into a busy area, oh boy, mm. that drops quite oh significantly, I found. And it happens quite often, which is annoying. But I'm hoping that could be patched. But I'll, f- I'll finish pretty much with, uh, well, let's just say glitch, shall we say? An exploit? Because I, I, d- I did uh, find online a, uh, a nice little exploit that could help with my endeavours. So it turns out that for some reason in this game, there are random chests that are underground. Like underneath the map. Mm-hmm. And in the spaceport of the first main city you come to, there is a glitch where if you pull out a melee weapon and you and you go and stand by the, this particular wall, you pull out your melee weapon, get into a combat stance, and then you jump up, and then as soon as you land, you press forward, you can glitch into the wall. And it, it can take quite a few tries. But once you've done it, you can just run under this guy by the spaceport and he's just got a treasure chest underneath it. And it's got like 72,000 credits in it. So you can click the 72,000 credits, jump back into the map, and then you fly yourself to Venus because there's this there's, there's this thing where, you know, the whole wait system, you know, where you're waiting mm. eight hours or whatever. In this, because it's space-based, it's like each planet has their own unique time yeah time things like that so if you go to venus you only have to wait like six hours and that will theoretically jump your head like 100 hours or something so then you can fly back and do the cheat the the glitch again and you keep doing it wow so i kind of made the most of this of course for a little bit how long how long did you spend on this uh I don't know, but I came to quite a bit of money. And I ended up going to buy myself the most expensive ship in the game, called the Narwhal. <laughs> How much did that set you back? I don't know. I want to say something like 400,000. <laughs> Maybe well, above that. That's not too bad. That's probably doing the glitch about six times. No, no, it's more than that. I don't know. But, but that wasn't all. I also paid off my house. Oh, nice. Oh, Don't well, have to worry about that anymore. I thought I've got to do with that while I'm here. Did, did you sort your mum and dad out with a bit more cash or just left they're them still, to rot? Well, they're st- well, they're still taking money off me. So. Um, but, unfortunately, they have now patched that. Okay. You built my hopes up then, Mark. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Don't patch the game. Don't patch the game. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's just do vanilla game. Just take it off internet. But no, that was good while it lasted, and I'm glad I managed to get that stuff out of the way first. Because <laughs> I, I wanted that ship. I really wanted that ship. And then I've I've got married in the game. That's a thing. You can oh, do that. congrats. Where was my invite? <laughs> well, there was only two people there. Well, and the and the wife. Not the priest. Kind of <laughs> no, they, well, it's, it's priests. I don't know. But I, I don't want to go into it for story reasons. But you, you can marry different people. Yeah. But for the lols, I decided that after the marriage ceremony, I did a quick save, and then I divorced her on the spot, just to see what would happen. <laughs> Jeez. 
Savage. Uh, yeah. Stormed off in a huff, in a huff. But it was funny because the two other people there just didn't bat an eyelid. They were just like, oh, congratulations. Well, <laughs> but anyway, that's, I've done a lot of other things, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk anymore on it. I'm loving it. I'm really loving it. Fantastic. It's a, it's a real time sink though. Well, that's, that's a, yeah. But that depends if you want to fly about, because you will find yourself using menus and fast travel quite a lot, mm. which might which might sound bad. But actually, when you when you start playing it, you start understanding the game a bit more. You'll find out it's it's not that bad actually. But that's I know that's probably a negative to a lot of people. But no, no, I've I've really enjoyed it and I look forward to playing even more of it. And I've played a lot of it, but it's. I think I've only done like five main missions. Wow. So yeah. always happens with these games, though. Yeah. You just, you just get off. sucked into other things. Yeah. yeah. And there's so many other people you can meet and talk to. It's like you're going to a shop. Oh, I'll talk. you can have a nice conversation with them. You, you find someone just stood outside you can have a conversation with. And the thing is, not ev- not everybody might lead to a quest. Might just have a little chinwag with you. But that mm. is really good. Apart from this, you know the glitchiness of it and well not the nice glitch <laughs> that was good well it lasted but of course they fixed the one that was the exploit but not the things that are actually wrong with the game but there you go oh, of course that's always that's, that's, that's always how it is that's <laughs> modern gaming isn't it but there you go that's what i've currently been. shall we have a public service announcement yeah let's have a psa yeah making so, a format change yes jokey dolphin is changing so we're actually going to move. So we're moving to a shorter format, but we're going to be weekly. But we don't know when we're going to be posting this. It'll be next week sometime, we think. Yeah, stay tuned. But if you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release sometime, you'll see. You can visit our website at jokeydolphin.com. Also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Take care. See you later. And X.